thanks for tuning in to Stable Connections, the podcast. Today's episode is with Chris Ellsworth, and he lets us in on his journey from rodeo to ranch life and then to clinicking around the U.S. Hope you enjoy. Most of my horse life has been in ranches in Wyoming and Montana. But before that, when I was a kid, my absolute earliest memory, and I can still feel it in my hands, my folks put me down on this little black and white paint pony with a little black saddle, but I just remember grabbing that pony's mane and running those mane hairs through my fingertips. And that's the earliest thing I ever remember, so it's always been there. We moved around quite a little when I was a kid. I spent some time in Illinois, and I actually, when I was really young, worked with some saddlebreds and Morgans, so I got a different viewpoint than just the usual quarter horse, and then lived up north for a while, and then the teen years when you wear a cowboy hat, you know, so I, I did the rodeo thing for a while, and actually went to college on a rodeo scholarship. What in the rodeo did you do? I know there's a lot of different... I Yeah, I rode bulls and some broncs and did a little bit of roping. You say that so nonchalantly. I feel like <laughs> it's a yeah, big well, task. You know, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm not real proud of it. I look on it now, and I think, that's just cruelty to animals. I had an experience once just before I gave it all up. I was uh, behind the chutes getting ready to get on this bull. And that's always a fraught moment, you might say. But I was standing next to that bull wondering if he was going to kill me. And I looked at him and he was so terrified. And he let out this little pathetic ball. And he just, uh, Mm. and he just killed me right then. I thought, he's as scared as I am. And I couldn't justify it. As much of the justifications that you hear all the time, they don't ring true when you see the dark side of it. But that formed me because I did travel around and see a lot of horses. And then the biggest influence, though, I think, in how I see horses is I started right out of college uh, working on ranches, and it was riding rope jobs in Wyoming. And What does rope jobs entail? Well, they call it ride and rope, and it's it's like you may be in charge of a lot of cattle, and you have to have the ability to go out in a pasture, a big pasture, because there are not a lot of fences, and mm-hmm. rope and doctor. So they call it a ride and rope job, and I loved it. In working with that many animals, and it's you're a little closer to the dirt yeah. than a lot of other jobs, and you see it, right? They live and they die, and you try your best, and sometimes they die right in your hands, you know? You also see a lot of birth and growth and and hard work. But the the thing that just I'll never forget is the partnership you have with your horse because you're not just playing. When it's time to go get the cattle up to the mountain in the summer, you got to get it done. You know, when it's time to get them off in the fall, you you better get them all off or they're going to freeze to death up there. So or die in the snow. So. It's a real job, and what you see are horses that have a lot of confidence because they've done that. And you realize that in a later life now, I realize we just underestimate our horses vastly. We baby them. Yeah, (laughs) we sure do. And that's a good term because I'm often telling people, 
your horses are grown up. You know, they are grown ups. They're living their grown up lives and they would probably do fine without a lot of us. But yeah, you know, that, that colors your perspective. You know, and I, I came to admire endurance above almost all else and grit in horses. Having said that, you know, after like 35 years or so of the cow business, I also see the downside because it could be brutal. You know, we work horses hard. There wasn't a lot of time for horse cookies. The term rode hard and put up wet, we do that. And you see this horse who was great until he's 12 or 13 and he is used up. It's not a happy ending. So I gradually weaned myself from that. And, you know, part of the mentality in, in a lot of the bigger ranches is horses are tools. And I, you know, I used to be able to talk that talk, but yeah, I never really believed it. And I believe it even less now, just like we're evolving. So are they, and you know, their job is a little different, but they're more than willing to do it. And even the baby just stall horse, he's got a lot to offer. Just like that ranch horse has a lot to offer if we if we'll listen. I've worked with so many different kinds of horses, and they all amaze me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me that they amaze me anymore because I just see so much amazing stuff. But they still amaze me. So I had a great little gig from some folks I worked for for years, years ago actually, and they started taking guests up on their mountain permits. One day they said, you know, we'd like to do horsemanship. The first day because a lot of these folks hadn't ridden much or they hadn't ridden in these situations i mean it's a little different you know riding up the canyon and down this hill than it is riding around the arena could you just spend half a day showing them some stuff up until lately i don't talk a lot you know <laughs> and i thought oh, i'll try and i loved it like i loved seeing people see their horses in a different light so i was hooked and that was probably 2005 or 6 or somewhere in there so I got hooked and then even that first year I did that I had some folks that came and they brought me like I went back to Virginia and along the east coast quite a bit and then eventually I came out and did some clinics out here in California and I really loved it out here you hear some naysayers but this is great country and there's great people and there's great horses what's not to love yeah and my wife and I sometimes look at each other this time of year and it feels like we're skipping school because it's not 20 below and yeah this is <laughs> it's easier 75 to live. degrees yeah it's great yeah how did people start hearing about you when you started clinicking I think it was mostly word of mouth I'm hardly a marketing genius so that was that was probably it and then it spread when I finally came out to California full-time then I, I started doing you know lessons on an ongoing basis with people and that's really rewarding because boy as you get to know someone and as they stick with it for a while just like the horses amaze you so do the people and you know it's just a privilege to do what I do so that's kind of how that came about I will tell you, in the early days of my clinicking, those were some lean times. You know, Wyoming, it's a diff- it, the people are a little different too. They would rather do it themselves and would rather not hear your advice. So we struggled a lot. I think the lowest point, I, I remember 
we couldn't we didn't have enough money to fill our propane tank which we had propane heat so in our house we had six cans of sterno and a blow dryer hanging from the <laughs> wall <laughs> we all kind of huddled Huh. around the living room trying to stay warm but even out in california doing that would be cold yeah. i couldn't imagine yeah. it was it was cold <laughs> yeah but you know things are improving staying busy and and um, just loving it wouldn't do anything else yeah do you remember your first time traveling to a clinic and what your feelings were with that yeah um the first time i went to a clinic it was on the east coast and it was in early December, and it was ice and snow the entire time till we got to Virginia. We drove, pulled some horses. <laughs> my, my older daughter and I went, and we got snowed in for a day in Illinois. And great people. But I pulled into this little cafe truck stop thing that was still open, and I said, do you know, is there anything like a fairgrounds or somewhere where we can just turn these horses loose? And... They called the sheriff, and the sheriff said, well, I know this guy. And he said, bring your horses out. And they put us up till they opened the roads. And, you know, just you meet a lot of great folks. The actual clinic part, I don't know. It's like once it started, the horses will tell you what you need to do. It just clicked, and I felt good about it. So, and I'm, I'm hopefully better than I was then. Yeah. So, Do you have a favorite place to clinic? Anywhere. 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 There's regional differences you see and differences in horses, but there's still horse people that love horses. I can get along with anybody like that. When people come to your clinics, do you know specifically what they're looking for? Like well, why I they're ask coming them to you? you ask at them? the start, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm also asking their horse. And, and you kind of learn to read the dynamic. But sure, the people will tell you. And I, there's a little thing when you sign up, you can fill out this form and... But mostly that's for, for you as the participant. It kind of gets your thoughts in order. I, you know, I, I have things I like to see on a regular basis at a clinic, so it's not like I don't have a plan. But, boy, you know, one horse can change the dynamic because when they're all together and they're all new and they're not sure about the situation, you may be doing something entirely different than you thought you'd be doing. But you got to roll with that. And, and you know, and I go back to the ranching. That was how it was. You Gotta might saddle flexible. up, and yeah, you <laughs> had to be flexible, and you had to kind of plan in the in the moment because it might be entirely different than you thought it was going to be. So you know that that part of ranching was good for me too. It's just to learn how to think on your feet, for sure, or on your horse's feet, I guess. But, <laughs> Have you ever had any jobs not horse oh, yeah. related? Oh man, yeah. Even a lot of the time in my later years ranching, my mind coal for a little bit because that's Wyoming. Did you enjoy that? No. No. So we didn't know then what we know now. Of course. But it was honest people doing, doing an honest job, and you did your best. You know, you gave it everything you could, and the spirit was okay. The corporate end of things, yeah, you know, not so much. But I've done that, and in those really lean years I was talking about earlier, I. I worked as a janitor at night for a while just to keep the lights on. So you got to do what you got to do, but it always came back to the horses. It takes a while. This is not a business for the faint of heart. And you you have to just continue to push and learn and 
can't stay static. You'll never know it all, and that's the best thing about horses. There's always more they can teach you. When you clinic, do you still bring horses with you or not as much anymore? No, I still do. I, I prefer that. Sometimes I fly just because of scheduling. I prefer to bring the horses because what I found is you drive across the country with your horse and you're with him the whole time. And you have this thing going on. You're on this thing together and it's a little different when you fly. It's not like you forget how to be around a horse, but there's not the same level of the journey being part of it. Just not that same feeling like you know, right behind me in that trailer is my best pal. But even then, you never know when you get there. There's, there's some horse will surprise you and you just have that instant, I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you meet your wife? When I was in about the seventh grade. Seventh grade? Yeah. Wow. We were married when we were about 20. So, okay. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. How many kids do you have? Two. Two. Two girls. Are they also into horses, your wife and your kids? My older daughter is in vet school right now. Oh, wow. Cool. She is... She is into horses and then some. And my younger daughter is into anything with life in it. But she actually is at NASA right now. Oh, cool. Both wow. my kids are like 10 times smarter than me. So okay. I'm super proud of both of them. But yeah. they went in different directions. Yeah. And that's great. And your wife? Is she into horses? Well, yeah. She has to be. From, she was the same way when she was a little girl, like three or four she had the red vest and <laughs> cowboy boots yeah, and, yeah. Whole nine yards and wanted horses right from the get-go are you able to teach her yeah she can teach me too there's it's just like the horizon you know you never catch it forever growing <laughs> yeah exactly so you did not go to college i'm guessing i did you did what did you go to college for i i got a an animal science degree but just the little one you know the uh-huh. two-year degree from Sheridan, Wyoming College. What was your intention for that? I always wanted to be a ranch manager. I did. So, check that one off, and now I'm doing what I should do. (laughs) You live in Placerville? Yep. Well, we we actually lived in the Bay Area until the pandemic. The day they shut everything down was the day we were kind of moving out. So, we we were the last day you were allowed to move, actually. We were in our U-Haul. But you were planning it already before? Yeah, or no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. You could, I couldn't teach. I couldn't yeah. train. I couldn't do anything. So at the same time, it's just been great where yeah. we're at. Are there any other like pivotal moments in your life that you can think of or struggles well, that you persevered out of? You know, the struggles are always going to be there. We all have our own struggles and you never get over them. But I guess if there's pivotal moments, it's, it's what you learn from your horses or you can learn from horses. And I'll tell you a story about coolest horses I ever, I still have him. He's, he's recently been retired, but he just opened my mind up to how much is really going on out there and how much we don't see. This horse, when he was, he was a yearling and he, he wasn't even halter broke when we got him. Had him in a big night lot where we calved our heifers and my wife was trying to catch another unbroke mare. Kind of had this horse in the corner a little bit, but she was ducking and diving, and all of a sudden this horse stopped. Claire looked over, and here's Willie. He's helping her. He's beside her, stopping this other horse, and she wasn't really sure, but then the horse kind of turned off, and here Willie's in it. <laughs> he cut back the other way, and, and she caught the horse, and 
and it was one of those did I see that kind of moments you know but but since then it's like he taught me so much because I, I remember one time we had bought a little place and just had moved in hadn't even unloaded yet but we had a there was a big horse pasture on it and had some horses out there some of them were colts younger horses and I just had my saddle in the trailer I hadn't put a barn up yet or anything and I'm trying to saddle this one guy and he's a handful and he's scared he's got a right to be but he's scared and there's you know there wasn't any fences at the time and I'm, he's kind of moving around and Willie walks up just out of the horse pasture all by himself left everybody else he just came up and he just stood there and at the time I was almost tempted to say you know get out of the way but what I realized is he had come to settle that horse and I mean that was a, that's the thing for him he will that's what he he's just meant to do he settles horses another time I was working with this yearling and I had this little bridge that I'd built out of old planks and it was a fine example of my carpentry skills but I would lead the horses across this before I tried to trailer load them it's at least they can get used to the sound of feet on wood yeah and kind of movement and the a movement, little bit yeah it's not perfectly stable yeah I did that on purpose when I built it <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, but it wasn't perfectly stable so it rocked a little bit and it, exactly and there wasn't the hoof noise and this colt was pretty new to the halter and he wasn't having anything to do with it he was rearing up and he was pulling back he just this was nothing he wanted to do and again Willie just came up I turned to him and I said Willie this is going to get kind of western you might want to stand back and there's about four or five other horses and they all left but he just stood there and the next thing I know this colt is just rearing up and falling over to the left he walks up and he puts his chin right on that colt's withers and he just held it there for a little bit and then because Willie had done this he knew the thing and he gets he walks around at the far side of the bridge and he just stands there and he's looking at that colt he's staring at him and he finally put a hoof on it and uh, this would be hard to believe except I have pictures I'm <laughs> trying to take pictures with one hand and hold on isn't to this that colt. hard yeah and he finally walked around beside the colt and he he walked beside the bridge and the colt you know with me leading to got him across the bridge and that's when I realized you know the old me would have chased him off and said hey you're in my way my ego would have said I'm the only one who can do this <laughs> and it was a stunning moment you know and, and a moment I'll never forget but it was like wow do we ever underestimate these guys you know that that was a pivotal moment in the more recent years anyways there's just times when a horse will show you something and you just realize boy I'm not the smart one here you know I'm I'm not I'm missing so much and you know it takes a lifetime to learn that but that's the thing with horses you know they're the ultimate in self-reflective experience you have to be willing to to get the gift that horse gives you you know you have to be willing to lay your ego down and kind of listen to somebody who's not going to lie to you if he's scared of you he means it if he thinks you're being a pushover he'll tell you and sometimes that's hard to take but boy talk about a teacher and when you get better so will he you know moments like that are just 
you know it's just they, they do they change your whole life you see everything a little differently you see those sparrows on the ground a little differently you realize well there's probably more going on there than I thought too you know and so yeah it's it's tough but rewarding to go there you know and, and if you're not willing to lay your ego aside then you're taking from the horse but if you're willing they'll give you they probably are giving you more than you realize anyways but look people are doing the best they can too and I don't want to minimize that there's nothing about this that's easy or simple you know horses in their whole point of view I mean this is like my whole life is trying to find what they see and their world is just different than ours they see different things in the same vista we see they see an entirely different world and it's not easy to put yourself in those shoes so you know don't discount how hard people are trying I can think of one time when a human amazed me as much as a horse one of my earlier clinics at the end I always used to ask people you know so what did you learn and and what did you see you know changes in your horse and the answer was pretty negative from the and, lady yeah and the but the horse I was so proud of that horse he had made so many changes but it still wasn't good enough you know and I was like oh. and maybe five or six years later I was sitting around at our our little retreat we do every year and somebody asked me you know are there any horses you just can't get out of your head in a bad way and I I won't say the horse's name but I said him it took me like a half a second five months later I was doing a clinic in another place and I'm watching this gal back this horse out of the trailer and he was a real distinctive horse and I'm thinking is that who I think it is and it was and the partnership that those two had forged in the intervening years I was shocked I mean it was so beautiful to watch them the changes they'd made so you know don't underestimate your horse but don't underestimate your riders either because they're capable we're all capable of making big changes if we want to try that was kind of a heartrending moment for me I was like wow you know one thing I would like to leave people with really is two things for one thing you know did my whole thing in life is trying to maybe be a mediator help horses and people see what each other are seeing because until you can kind of understand what the real issue is you're fixing things but you're not changing anything you're band-aiding yeah you're band-aiding <laughs> and there's a lot of band-aids out in the horse world right now but I would you know I would like to just kind of tip my hat to some of the mentors that I had and Willie would be a big one and so would the first horse I had when I was 15 I'd saved up all my stall cleaning and you know a little horse training job money that I had and I bought this three-year-old colt and he was with me for the next 30 years and he taught me to look at horses not only as individuals because we know they're individuals but since I spent his entire life essentially with him I saw how they go through their life cycle and how their viewpoints change at times and you know 
when he was three he was full of fire and beans and he let me hang on most of the time but you know when he was nine or ten by that time I'd gotten a job on a ranch and he he was like as my first cow boss said about him one time when he was we were dragging a cow into a trailer and there's all these collapsed panels and he just picked his way and he said shook his head and he said good damn horse that's all he ever said but that was him when he was nine or ten and even for years after that he was proud and strong and smart and steady but then you know he got a little more thoughtful as he got older and he you could just see him pace himself and you know he related to other horses differently he had a real close pal that belonged to my wife you know and they were really good pals and he just changed you know from that fireball I knew like all the neighbor kids would could ride him and you know that's but there's you see whatever the horse you have now he's going to grow and change and you need to roll with that and so you know the horses have been my biggest mentors but some of the people on the ranches that I I got to meet were incredible really good hands and nobody's ever heard of them so you know and, but I did I get I got to work with Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt and Buck Bram and all those guys a little bit and learned a lot right now the real mentors are your horses and just once you kind of learn to observe and let them teach you boy it never ends it never ends so here's, a, here's to the horses and, and all the good hand you know? <laughs> yeah so I love that even when I teach it's still just me telling you stuff and it's really up to you what you take from it and that belongs to you and so you know when you're learning horses you're working with them if you can respect them and treat them as equals you know you're gonna learn a lot and that's really all you need it's nice to hear some advice from somebody but the learning parts up to you it's up to you so you know roll with that one and you'll be okay yeah if someone wanted to find out about your clinics how do they find out where you are oh you could go to chris ellsworth horsemanship.com and you would find out cool yeah so uh i like to ask what is something you'd like to see evolve or change within the horse community and then how can you help with that change boy that's a great question evolve is a lot better change is just doing something different but i would love to see us evolve to the place where you know we appreciate all the creatures around us as equal beings and when you do that you know would you treat your friend the way you treat your horse and do you respect your horse enough to treat him like the grown-up that he probably is so much of that comes from learning to objectively and you really have to be objective um, objectively observing these horses and be willing to learn from them you know there's horse trainers out there and they're really good at training people and I'm not talking about other people I'm talking about horses right they can train us I can't do anything with a horse you know I just try to get along and so if I could change anything it would 
be that we accorded them you know the respect that they deserve that's different sometimes than protecting them you know sometimes it's it's allowing them to make mistakes and get in a little trouble because they're horses they're going to try and then letting them figure it out you know in our in our work with horses if we could kind of give them from their perspective like they're great at reacting and we fall into that trap with them we cause reactions if we could give them time to think answers out on their own terms boy that would be a great thing because they would come up with some really good ones i know they would if i could change something that would be it and then i'm guessing i know the answer to this but how are you implementing this change <laughs> well i'm trying to learn it myself for one thing because it's hard you know coming from the ranch world where horses were tools and cowboys were macho the most important thing you can learn to change is put that ego aside see what really is but if if i could do anything i just you know i want to see the folks i work with succeed if you're a teacher or a clinician or whatever you want to call yourself and you don't want your students to outshine you you're not really a teacher you're just trying to put yourself up there if i could do anything i'd have everybody that i ever worked with make me look terrible in a good way we gotta treat each other that way too look there's all these disciplines out there and there's you know natural horsemanship and all the stuff right i don't want to be called any of those i just just a guy who loves horses but boy can you learn something from every discipline every discipline out there you learn so i i did a handling horse handling clinic with a pony club at a really big jumping barn and at the end they let me ride some of their jumpers and they gave me a jumping lesson i learned so much about raiding horses in in a couple hours you know and also that it's really fun not that i'm going to be a jumper but it helped me in my thing you know and like in what i do now i'm always on the lookout you know for soundness and balance and you know it's, it's a lot of what i do is trying to just find some balance for for the horses physically but you know when i was a ranch hand we had to shoe our own horses so it helped me look at a foot and see how it relates to the rest of the horse and so i think everybody should at least get a chance to pick up a foot and run a rasp over it and mm -hmm. see what it's like you know break it down and if if you could you know drive a team drive a team if you're an english rider ride ride a cow horse sometime and if heaven forbid you're a cow hand jump on a dressage saddle sometime and see how good you do without that big saddle horn in front of you there's something for every everyone and everything and when it all boils down to it you know you pull that saddle off and underneath it's a horse it's a horse so there is to me there is no discipline of riding it's you're we're all riding horses or working with horses or driving them or whatever but underneath the harness underneath the saddle it's a horse so the same essential truth is there in all of it do you have a favorite song 
Well, you know, there's a lot of obscure songs, and I have a really eclectic taste in in music, but I would say Someday Soon. Someday Soon? Mm-hmm. Cool. My favorite version is probably the uh, original Janicean version, but there's a lot of good ones out there. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for chatting with me. <laughs> uh, it's been my pleasure. Bye. Thank you. and thank you so much for tuning in to Stable Connections, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, don't forget to push follow on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share with your friends on Instagram and on Facebook. And tune in next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.